Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Police in Derry came under attack from petrol bombs last night during a search operation at a housing estate in the Craigan area, according to the PSNI. And the number of residents in the Craigan Heights were evacuated from their homes as officers from the PSNI carried out an investigation. Now, during this operation, the PSNI officer said vehicles were hit with dozens of petrol bombs, but that no officers, thankfully, were injured. But during the operation, a crowd of 60 to 100 persons gathered, uh, some whom attacked police vehicles with missiles and over 40 petrol bombs. Uh, police believe at least two young people sustained burn injuries uh, when they tried to use petrol bombs to attack the police cordon and no police officers were injured in the attack. Um, lots and lots happening up there at the moment. To talk to me a little bit about it is Leona O'Neill, who's a journalist with the Belfast Telegraph. Good afternoon to you, Leona. Good afternoon. Leona, I get a sense over with all the news that we've been hearing and I suppose if we go back a few months and the, you know, the tragic death of Lyra McKee, of course, and what's happening, you know, in the bog side and in Craigan, that there's a sense of unrest. And, and I don't know, you know, if that's the sense that you get up there, that, you know, that this Good Friday agreement that we had seems to be starting to be ignored again. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, even in the last, uh, I mean, th- this is constant. And I know people from outside Northern Ireland think that this we have this perfect peace. That's not the case at all. I'm working on the ground. I, I generally just cover the northwest, kind of the Derry, Donegal, kind of Toronto area. But even over the last nine days, you know, we've had um, we've had three paramilitary attacks. You know, that's sort of like beatings, beatings with hammers, beats with baseball bats. People who uh, are perceived to be um, doing antisocial behaviour hurt there. There was one of them actually shot. There was a pipe bomb exploded outside a house. There was a firearm discovered in an alleyway. There was a house shot up. That's off the top of my head. There was a car hijacked also in Straban. There was an attempted mortar attack on the PSNI station in Straban. And then yesterday we had the bomb found in, in Craigan Estate. And, uh, and then, of course, the, sort of the subsequent riot. And we've, we've seen the images mm-hmm. all, all over social media. So there, there certainly is a degree of, uh, I mean, a lawlessness, I suppose. People yeah, because I, 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 was, I was reading an interesting piece, and it was back in April, and it was a former nurse, Cathy Bresden. And she said it feels yeah. like it was the 70s down on the bog side, dodging petrol bombs and bullets, but nobody yeah. wants this. And, you know, and it, there was another interesting piece in relation to it. I know uh, Connell McFeely, who's a development executive with the Craig and Enterprise Social Economy Project, talked about unemployment, deprived areas, a growing sense of hopelessness, and young people, I suppose, in poverty and not having jobs. And that's all part of what is happening and, and being part of yeah. what is happening in Derry for the last God knows how many years since. I mean, I know we seem isolated from it here, I suppose, in Dublin. We don't see what's going on. We think it's all wonderful and rosy in the garden up there. But mm. has Brexit got anything to do with it? I don't think Brexit has anything to do with it per se. You know, I mean, the, the issues that we have had here, we haven't had the government in it's nearly three years now. There's a lack of political uh, leadership there. There's also, you know, what's, what's the trouble comes, the lack of investment. And then, you know, areas like Craig and the Bogside, people there, young people are coming out of school. There are no jobs for them. There's no hope for them also. And, and in that vacuum, in that kind of political and economic vacuum, people with malicious intent will grow and thrive and, and recruit young people and, you know, young men who uh, want something to belong to, want something to maybe fight for or believe and will get them, find themselves caught up in this type of behaviour. It's not a black and white issue. There are a lot of dimensions uh, to the, the challenges that we mm-hmm. face here in Northern Ireland, but certainly our lack of political leadership or our lack of just 
politics here, actually. Uh, and these really are all young, I mean, a lot of very young men, when I say young men, you know, 16 to 23 years of age, yeah. people who wouldn't have even, I mean, look, we've had the Good Friday Agreement for 21 years now. I mean, so people who have, weren't even around for the troubles. Yeah. But I suppose that it's still on their mind. And, and I was reading about the high suicide rate and the mental health difficulties yeah. of a lot of these young men. So, I mean, how is this ever going to end? Because it's just been passed on from generation to generation. This is true. You know, when I was there last night, um, the you know, the, the average age of the people there on the street, <coughs> excuse me, the average age of people on the street was, you know, 14, 15. Those are just spectators. Um, these people were born into peace. And, you know, the, the, the hard fought for peace that we all, people of my generation who would remember the dark days of the trouble, troubles, they have, they have no recollection, they have no experience of that whatsoever. So this is learned behavior, learned behavior to hate the police force, learned behavior to attack the police force, to, uh, you know, whatever their mindset is, it's all kind of learned behavior. How do we fix that? I, I don't know. It's it's not really, as a journalist, it wouldn't really be my place to fix it. I suppose it's, you know, our political representatives, our community representatives, the government need to step in. This is only going to get worse. And, you know, what I explained there, uh, the, the events of the last nine days, every single day there has been some type of mm-hmm. terrorist activity. And with Brexit looming on the horizon, I have spoken a number of years ago to a dissident Republican, one of the Republican leaders, who said that they agree with Brexit because it will cause the the level of chaos that they need to recruit more young people into their ranks. And that is coming to fruition now because these dissident Republican groups seem to be gathering um, gathering recruits, gathering support. Um, you know, is, is it the, the media obviously plays a huge role in this too? Because obviously we've had a lot of news over the last year and a half in relation to Bloody Sunday. Only recently, the killing of an IRA man uh, in Londonderry, a soldier in 1972. It was the coroner said it was an unjustified killing. So all this kind of news kind of feeds into this kind of hatred of the of the PSNI and hatred of the British and hatred of everything of everybody except themselves. And then you've got, of course, the growing numbers of the new uh, IRA, which seem to be taking responsibility for everything at the moment. I don't take that, that the media is to blame for any of this. Things happen and the media report on them. So if someone is murdered or someone something happens, the media have to report on that. The action wasn't actually the media. No, I'm not, no, I'm not blaming them. the media directly, otherwise I'd be blaming myself too. But what I'm saying is because this news is constantly feeding into us, I mean, here yeah. we are, you know, you know, 30, 40, 50 years later, even for the Battle of the Bogside, you have all this kind of news of reports now that are being done that young people are hearing this and, and re-remembering stuff, you know, in a very negative way from the past. Of course, and legacy is a huge issue here in Northern Ireland. Things were not dealt with at the time. There's a lot of families, and this is passed down through generation to generation. Things were not dealt with. Murders were not solved. People did not serve time in prison. There's a lot of bitterness and um you know, that, that has carried down through generations. I often do stories with people who have lost loved ones in the troubles, and they say to me, this is, you know, 40 years after, <clears throat> excuse me for my voice, I'm losing my voice. You're, you're okay, take your, take your time. Um, <laughs> I was very smoky up there last night, but I, um, you know, I speak to people with um, who have lost loved ones, and they say to me, no one was ever charged with my loved one's murder, my father or my husband's murder. When I die, my children will take up the mantle and get justice. We want justice. So things that were, you know, that's, and so many families, when you think that there were 3,000, over 3,000 people murdered and uh, and lost their lives in our mm-hmm. troubles, 
you know, that's, that, that has a lot of people and the pebble kind of, you know, ripple effect of that is going to, it does affect a lot of people. Um, and, thousands, well, and thousands more, of course, were injured or lost a limb or course, whatever it was. Of course, yeah. And, and you as, as a journalist, Leona, I mean, I don't know your age group, but I imagine you never thought for one minute that you would be constantly reporting about the troubles uh, and back talking about, you know, riots and in, in the bog side. And you would imagine that over time that would have all calmed down to some level of normality. This is it. We all wanted peace. I mean, I'm I'm in my forties, so I remember that I was born into the troubles. And my mm. as a cub reporter in Belfast, I would have reported on riots. I still got the scars. They kind of prove that. But um, you know, before the Good Friday Agreement, my husband, my now husband, and I had thought about moving away. We were promised this kind of peace with a Good Friday Agreement. We were promised a new day and things wouldn't be the same as whenever we were children growing up in the likes of Belfast and Derry. So we stayed here and now we have four children of our own and Although I, I'm out working at night, you know, I have to wear I have to wear body armor. I am in the riot situations again, the stuff that we had whenever we were kids. And I think it's just it's it's death. That's what I'm sad. saying. You, you wouldn't have thought twenty one years ago that no, you, you that you'd be reporting on, you know, petrol bombs 100%. and car bombs. You know what I mean? Hundred percent. It just it seems to me when I'm standing out in those streets and there's petrol bombs flying over the head, stuff like that. But yeah, I think there are peace we we seem to let it just slip through our fingers. We've kind of squandered what we had we had this promise of peace and we've just we're gifting these troubles to a new generation of people and it's really desperately sad to look around uh, you know an area like Craigan which is a lovely area and it's full of really fantastic people who are doing really good work but you know you look around and there are teenagers there there are teenagers with masks on and throwing petrol bombs at, at uh, these police vehicles and inside the police vehicles are mothers and fathers themselves doing their own job and then you hear them cheer and you hear the young people cheering when um, the police are attacked and it's just desperately sad and, I, and I've seen this, this I've seen the signage as well which is written in graffiti as well that not to engage with PSNI otherwise you'd be regarded yeah. as an informer I mean that's like a signage you would have seen back in 1974 or 5 you know what I mean exactly you know, we have we have gone back to the past and, you know, in the 1970s and 1980s and, and some areas, some other areas, you know, we have moved on. There's areas of the town are, you know, are, are, are trying to grow and thrive, but they are being held back by, by what is happening. It's... Uh, I mean, I mean, I know, I know. You're saying you're only a journalist, and you don't have the answers, and neither do I. Yeah. But, but is there any way? Do you think in the future that this can ever stop? I, I, I do believe Brexit is probably going to incense people. Um, no yeah. matter what happens, I don't know what's going to happen. We'll all know in about a month and a half's time. But I, do, do you believe there's any solution to this, or is it just going to keep getting passed down from gener- generation to generation? Or is the answer to try and create jobs? Is the answer? to rebuild a lot of those buildings which are, you know, derelict at the moment, you know, in part of the Craigan and in part of the shopping district around there. I mean, what is what is the answer to try and motivate people back to peace again? Well, yeah, I suppose, I mean, if you go into areas like Craigan on the Bogside, there are, some areas are quite run down, they're neglected, there are no jobs, there's no investment when there is, no jobs, there's no hope, there's no money, and, and people do lose a lot of hope maybe in uh, in the future, and then it, 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 it almost they hand themselves to these paramilitary organisations, and if that continues, and that kind of lack of political leadership, and that lack of hope, and that lack of 
even a future, we don't know what's going to happen on the 31st of October. If, if there's a hard border put up there, the distance have said they will shoot at it, they will bomb it. So there's a customs officer. And they will. And they will. I know they will. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then the police will have to come in and protect the customs officers and then they'll be attacked and the army will have to come in and protect the police or protect the, the customs officers. And we're back to square and one. Then we're back in, yeah, we're back to the 1970s. And I don't think that the people in Westminster, I saw them on television last night, actually, when I came back home from that riot, realised the actual... The, the depth, the, the, the they no, they don't, they don't. They're disconnected don't. from it, and they don't understand the gravity totally of the decisions not. they're no. making. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, they I think everybody. And it's very frightening. We seem to be on the edge of an abyss. And in fact, I think we're actually over the abyss now at the minute, and we're hurtling down towards something which is really terrifying and, and frightening. And uh, there's a fear on the ground here now in Northern Ireland that I haven't seen in a long number of years. People are talking about moving away. People are talking about, you know, if they're, they're talking about business, they're saying, I'm not setting up business. I want to see what happens. It's just that there's a real fear that we are we're going back to our troubles. And I remember talking about this a number of years ago and people saying that, you know, it's scaremongering and stuff like that. They're not saying that now. They're saying it in a kind of as if it's confirmed, as if it's kind of a reality that we're all facing. All right, well, look, I, I wish you well and I wish the people uh, in Derry well as well. I mean, I, I, I genuinely, um, I find it very difficult to listen to it. I come, I, I drive down from Belfast every weekend on a Monday morning and I listen to usually to Stephen Nolan or something like that. Yeah. And, and I'm listening to it constantly, the problems in the bog side and the problems in the area and the different riots and people being arrested and people being hit by whatever it happens to be, uh, petrol bombs. And it's very sad to hear. It's kind of, it's like listening to a radio station in the 1970s and it's, it's not a yeah. good thing, Leon. And I know you're reporting on it as well all the time. And well done to you because I certainly wouldn't want to be standing out there avoiding petrol bombs, uh, particularly <laughs> when you mentioned that you're married with a young family as well. Uh, Leona, yeah. thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air today. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, there you go, Leonie O'Neill, who's a journalist with the Belfast Telegraph, more or less saying that the scaremongering time is over, that genuinely it feels there's a sense that it has started again, or something has started again. And there's a sense of unease in uh, Northern Ireland, and certainly in around Derry, particularly around the Craig and the Bogside. Uh, all right, and she, by the way, she's right, in relation to the 31st of October, we don't know what's going to happen, but if there is a border, and it's quite possible at this stage, um, and there's a suggestion, the first man who stands out in the street, a customs man who stands out in the middle of the street with his hand up and stops a truck or stops a van, uh, he's going to need protection because there are a lot of very angry people who really don't care. Um, and they see, at the moment, yes, they are part of the United Kingdom, uh, and even though geographically they're part of Ireland, but because there's no border, it doesn't really bother too many people too much, too much. Because we can drive up and down and it feels like the same country. But as soon as somebody stands out in that road and defines that as a border between Ireland, the Republic of Ireland, and Northern Ireland and Great Britain, I think we're in for a lot of trouble. And I hate to say that, but that's unfortunately what's probably going to happen. Uh, just to prepare people for it. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.